it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm sitting here in downtown Long Beach on a sunny Friday afternoon with two of my good friends. We've got MC Lars. Hi Jonathan. And Mega Ran. What's up Jonathan? And you guys are performing a, uh, a show tonight. And I came down to Long Beach to talk to you guys about the tour, your new collaborations that you've been doing over the last couple of years, your new albums, the fact that and uh, that Mega Ran here has a brand new show that he just brought over to the Geekscape Network. He's got a brand new podcast that's part of the Geekscape Network. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and basically catch up with you guys. Uh, Geekscape is just a little piece of business. Uh, if you're noticing anything with the feed, please email me at jonathan at geekscape.net. We've just moved all 600 plus episodes of Geekscape over to a brand new service called Pinecast. We are now hosted by the same companies that hosts all of the Geekscape podcasts including Mega Rans. Um, but if there are hiccups with anything, if you're listening on Spotify and you can't find an episode, if you're listening on Apple Music or anything, uh, or Apple Podcasts and you can't find something, let me know. I'm working with Pinecast pretty closely on making sure the feed is working and that you guys are getting Geekscape wherever you want to get your podcast. So we should be available everywhere. If there's somewhere we're not available, hey, this is new. After 13 years, it's weird saying that, but hey, this is new. We're on a new service. If for some reason you're getting hiccups where you pick up your podcasts, let me know. Um, all right, so let's start. I've known both of you guys separately for a long time. Uh, Raheem and I uh, hung out at E3 a couple years ago, and then Andrew, we hung out at Comic-Con a few years ago. I think, we've bo- I think all three of us have hung out at Comic-Con because Audrey and I used to put on that hip-hop show during Comic Con, I don't know if you were ever on that. Andrew. I don't think I was. And didn't we also meet through DJ Rawstar or something? <laughs> oh Back yeah. In 2004. <laughs> yes. And then through Bowling for Soup. In Bowling for Soup. Yeah. So this is going to be rolling deep on music. Um, Dang. But um, catch me up on what you guys have been doing. I mean, this tour has you guys MC Front a lot. Uh, who else is on it? Shape for the Dark Lord. So it's honestly like 
a Rushmore of nerdcore. It's like a kind of a, a who's who of who's kind of been making waves in the scene the last 10 years. Which and is, you guys are into the nerdcore label. You guys are okay with the nerdcore label? I would say yes. We call the tour the Mountain Nerdcore Tour. Oh, so well, we then you're good. Be, yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's been a thing where a lot of folks have had issues at some point or another with the term nerdcore. I think it's just musicians not wanting to fully be, you know, boxed in to something and feeling free to jump out, branch out, do other things. I make projects that are not considered nerdcore, um, but for the most part, people know me for nerdy stuff, which is absolutely okay with me. And Andrew, you come from like a punk rock background. Yeah, I started my uh, uh, playing in punk bands and uh, I did a term abroad and my uh, Genesis was kind of doing Shakespeare raps overseas. And so I got signed to label and... Were you MC label. Lars at the time? Yeah, uh, MC Lars Horace. <laughs> Where did that come Horace from? Horace became my label. Horace is like... I'm, I, yeah, Horace Records. Yeah. I remember that. It's a reference to the uh, Egyptian god. Uh-huh. So it was just like kind of a bizarre algam- amalgamation of MC names. Lars Horace. Well, well, why not just be MC Horace? That's a good question. My manager had to, my first manager Tom was like you should drop the Horace and he was very right about that. Well, was there any? I just wonder how it got to be MC Lars Horace because when you got something like it's like an MC blank. We had just had MC Chris on the podcast about a month and a half ago. We, there's MC Front a lot who you hang out with. Yeah. Um, you you were like I'm gonna be MC Lars, which you are now. MC Lars Horace. Could it have very easily? Is there an alternate universe that has an MC Horace running around? I, well, my first band was called Horace. Okay. And um, I was a big fan of MC Paul Barman, mm-hmm. so I thought it was like having a uh, long, funny rap name was tight. And but I didn't want to be MC Lars because I knew MC Chris was out there, and I didn't want to be like stealing his style. Okay. And my manager was like, "Well, you know, it's different enough." So then it became MC Lars. But I think your style is already pretty different just from the fact that you are collaborating with so many like punk and rock artists, right? Like Bowling for Soup and The Matches, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you got some deep-seated insecurity about like, no, I, I got to be something like blank. Yeah, I mean, the MC thing was like a tell of showing this is rap, you know? Uh-huh. So like, I'd play with all these punk bands and then it kind of like was like well if it's an MC it's rap so so it's different you know what I mean I think that it's a matter it was a matter of trying to stand out with my branding mm-hmm. and uh, yeah Lars so my like you said my real name's Andrew Lars was like a family nickname I had since grade school and I feel in Geekscape let's be, let's be clear all right I have a friendship with these people but if you see them on the street their names are Mega Ran and MC Lars do not front okay. Like, don't front Geekscapists, all right? Or ask for permission first. Be like, may I call you MC Lars? Uh, <laughs> it gets confusing, right? Because having multiple names, like, for mine's especially confusing because MC Chris, his real name is Chris. Yeah. So it's like, who's Andrew? My manager doesn't ever call me Doesn't ever call me Andrew. He calls you Lars. Yeah, yeah. She calls me Lars because it's just... She does. It's, it's confusing. It's like, who the heck is Andrew? I just like. I still feel that some mornings. And so, and so, so when 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 people are calling you anything but MC Lars, you you just like even when it's your real name, people you're just like, huh? It takes you a while to respond. It's a level of intimacy. Like you, it's cool. I know you, and like we're 
friends forever. Sure. So it's cool. But like, if I just met someone, they'd be like, "Yo, Andrew." I'm like, "Who are you?" We didn't go to fucking grade school together. Don't yeah. be calling me Andrew. Yeah, it just it feels like a violation. Like I, they grab me in a way where I'm like, "I don't want you to hug me. I don't know you. You smell like Cheetos." <laughs> Whoa. It's like Geekscape is there. It is okay. But like, but it's don't okay. call. Yeah. It's okay. We definitely get. We go through that. Together. You drop your drink, your we're phone? Out, um, we're out on tour a lot, and since we're all good friends right. on the tour, we all know each other by our first name. Um, but what like, do we call you? Meg? Ran. Meg or Ran? Meg. Ran? <laughs> Meg is fine. Meg hey, is for Meg. Meg. Hey, Megan. I like your CD. <laughs> uh, but uh, Lars has a thing where, you know, he knows us by our, our real names. So oftentimes in front of fans, he's like, hey, Raheem. Hey, Damien. Hey, Mark. Right. You know, and which could encourage them to also do the same. Which is, you know, I don't mind. Then they're trying way. to add you on Facebook. It's, yo, it's on Wikipedia. Like, it's you in the it's DMs. easily found. If you Google any of us, our first name is the first thing that comes up. So, you know, but it does make me feel like, what made you do that? You know what I mean? I, I read an interview with um, Colt Cabana, and he was saying, like, when people email him using his real name, his name isn't Colt. Right. That he instantly like deletes the email. Like if I don't, if he I didn't know you it. like that, yeah. Why would you do that? Just say you're. If you're a fan of Colt Cabana, like you're a fan of Mega Ran, then no, I'm not Raheem to you. I'm Mega Ran to you. Okay, so which is fair. So Geekscape is. I feel like I've dug myself a hole here because you guys have only known me as Jonathan for the last 13, 12 years, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what to do about it. When people ask me what my brother's wrestling name is, I say Paul. Because <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wrestles, he under, wrestles under Paul, Paul London. So <laughs> like, and, and, and there are people who are like, Jonathan London's not your real name. That's not your real name. What's because your real most, name? Like WWE guys, they give them like a work name, you know, sure. a short name, which is not usually their given name because it, they don't want them to go out and use it and make money. Out we of have it. a pretty cool yeah. name. It's like, a cool name. We have an okay name. A great name. But uh, yeah, Jack London. That's, that's our dad. That's our father's name. What? What? Yeah, I mean, and my dad had to. My dad had to put. So my dad started publishing like books for himself, and he had to add a W because his middle name is Woodville, Uh, and he had to put Jack Woodville, Jack W. London when he republished those things. And there's a story he told me about how he went somewhere as a lawyer, his profession, checked into a hotel in like the Valley in Texas, Hmm. and uh, and they were like the Jack London. He goes. That would be me. <laughs> and they wanted yep. to comp his room. What? And he's like, no, 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 please. Like, understand, that guy's been dead 100 oh years. Like, gosh. it's not going to happen. So, so, Lars came out of punk rock. What did you come out of? I came out Mega of gospel rap. rap. <laughs> That's where I came from. I came out of the church. And it's true. Like, do you still, I mean, well, how are you on religion now? I mean, I feel like I'm much more of a spiritual guy than religious. Sure. Uh, you know, I do believe that there's a higher power somewhere. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, I just believe that if you're a nice person, you know, universal law is that, you know, if you're a great person, good things will happen and you help people and all that. And every religion agrees on that stuff. So those are the things where, where that's where I am as a, as a person, you know, about just being spiritually balanced, you know. And there is a train that comes by regularly here in downtown Long Beach Geekscape, so we are bringing you to the experience. This should be immersive, okay? True. Um, did you find it confining, or was it something that you started falling out of step with religion? or No, like- it was definitely confining. I was at a point where if I wanted to play songs at uh, a bar, you know, a place that served alcohol, people would at the church would, would look at me like I was a hypocrite. Like, oh, sure. you can't. Play, it was that strict. You can't play with those heathens. And it's like, well, these are the people who need to hear the message. 
you know, and even, you know, there's there's scriptural stuff about, you know, Jesus going into places where, you know, it wasn't exactly the nicest, coolest, you know, most religious people, because that's those are the people who need the change. You know, they always say you can't shine in, in the light. You shine in the darkness. You know, mm-hmm. you don't bring a flashlight into a place that's already lit. So um, we kind of bumped heads on that. And that was really what it was. I wanted to make music about other things, you know, and uh, gospel is literally the word of God. So it's not gospel if it's not uplifting God. And so if I make a song about Mega Man, it's not uplifting God. It's, it's a not, false God. It's not negative. It is a false God. A it false is God. the other right. <laughs> those people at Comic Con who like are outside with the with the uh, yeah. with the, the signs they and they're telling hard. you you're going to hell because you worship false gods like Superman. Yeah, they go pretty hard. Uh, um, but yeah, like it's it's just to me was I wanted to talk about other things. Like, okay, well, I can't talk about the block I grew up on or the friends I grew up with who maybe some have passed away or some have gone on. And, you know, just different topics you talk about in music, love or losing love and friends, you know, they're like, that's not gospel. So it was way too restrictive for what I was trying to do. How old were you? Like, mm, I was maybe 17, 18. And time. you had been singing rap? Wait, was rap part of it or was it singing or was choir? What was, and it was rap? Yeah, it was rap. So... You would think that rap is a pretty recent, like, appropriation by the church as part of their message, yeah. yet they wouldn't be adaptive towards... I think they were already um, make- not as receptive to rap. So so I think that that didn't help, the fact that it was rap. And um, I had a pastor who told me that he thought that because the beats of rap would encourage people to, to dance in a way that wasn't, you know, godly. Yeah. It didn't matter what Let's you were so. saying. I mean, you know what I mean? If yeah. You know, you start moving around and some, some body parts are shaking and it's like, oh, that's not godly. So it doesn't even matter what you're saying. See, that was pretty strict where you so grew up. So they were pretty strict. And I remember. Meanwhile, Andrew's an anarchist. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Lars is an anarchist. Oh, yeah. Over here with punk rock. And you're over here with a gospel. And you guys uh, are collaborating. And now here we are. Like, I mean, we're, we're much different folks than we were then. But I think that that was a big part of my upbringing. And I always felt like, man, I want my positivity and my spirituality to show on these albums and releases somewhere, as right. well as being able to have fun. And talk about other things that, you know, weren't, Jesus is great. Amen, John 3.16. You know, I, th- I felt like it was a little whack sometimes to, to have to squeeze in, you know, scripture into raps. You know what I mean? Because of the abundant positivity or because you stopped believing in a strict... Well, I stopped believing in, uh, I guess, what you could call the orthodox, uh, strict Christian manner of of ministry sure. which was you know these people that are not in this house like out in the house of god don't deserve to hear the word and that was something that i didn't i didn't agree with it, sound, it seemed wrong yeah i felt like the people who need to hear it are out in the bars and out on the street and so we need to take it to the street and when i would attempt to do that they would uh they would be kind of judgmental about it do you still drop some religious or spiritual stuff into your work now? Heck yeah. My last uh, two albums, I've had songs about, about my faith. Uh, one song called Believe and another song called I Wouldn't Miss It For The World where I like to talk about my upbringing and, and how I do believe that we should all be good people and things like that. So I think it's important to let people know kind of where you stand, whether it be politically or spiritually. Um, I think it's important because this is the only venue we have to do so is through the microphone so uh 
I think it's important well, to once in a while. But I had to get comfortable with that. This is 10 years into my right. career. You know? Well, we have a, a punk rocker here. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. punk, but punk rock is all about some level of stance, right? Like it, it acts like it's anarchy or it acts like it's destruction of some establishment or, the, you know, traditional when people think punk rock. But how did you come out of that? And how far into it were you? Like, how, how, how angry were you as a kid, Lars? Like, really is the question, right? I mean, I, I got my start playing guitar in bands in the church, too. I grew up in that environment. Whoa. And so it's interesting that this has, like, become part of our story. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm also, like, straight-edge vegan. So I kind of mm. have that, like, uh, the kind of guy who wouldn't be really fun at a party vibe if you didn't know my story. But I also feel like getting to that point made me realize that I can be self-reliant, independent, and have my own, like, my own, you know, strength that doesn't rely on other things. Yeah. But I never judge people. I never judge people. I'm going to hold that for you? And <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Good. And I never want people to impose my beliefs. I did a record that was about my faith called Lars Attacks. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got a backlash from some of the nerdcore fans. Like, we don't want to hear you rapping about... God and Jesus and shit and stuff. So you'd think that these people would be open. You'd think that a lot of the audience would be open-minded, though. You I think, know, and yeah, I think people don't want to be preached to. And I think Raheem touched on a good point that it's like you his have name to, is Megaran. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is really hard because we're friends oh, and we're <laughs> we're like, and I'll be known as J Lo for the course of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to. That's a great thing about nerd chorus that you can use pop culture tropes as a way to like connect the dots. And, um, but anyway, we, I think it comes down to positivity and loving each other and being supportive and not judging other religions. You know, the Episcopalian church is very like, there's, they, you can be a gay priest, there can be women priests, you can, you know, it's like there's no delineation of, of salvation versus damnation. You know what I mean? It's like, Everyone's welcome to the table. And that's what I think hip-hop is. Is that what you were brought up in, or is that what you now align yourself with? Yeah, I grew up in very liberal churches, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that is kind of part of that gives me a lot of strength and joy. I have, a, I have in my Twitter, on my Twitter bio, I have a Bible verse, you know, and, like, it's like I don't, it's, you know, I don't bring it up, but since we're talking about it, it's sure. just I'm not ashamed to talk about it, and it's given me a lot of strength, and it's tight as heck. And That's I think what's up. well, people are always like online. You can't talk about politics or religion, and I think that that kind of avoidance has led us down some really dire straits mm-hmm. in this country. I think that we've avoided talking about real shit for so long that we've ended up really in some real shit, and it, and and we've uh, we've uh, we've ignored problems as geeks. We've uh, self-medicated with these fantasies for so long. And I got to tell you right now, Geekscapers, I don't give a shit. I know that I reach a lot of young kids in this podcast. I would love for you as a United States citizen, those of you who are United States citizens, to fucking vote November 6th. I cannot feel more strongly about this. I kind of don't even care who you vote for, but I would love for you to be active in our political system. Those of you guys who listen to us in Australia, we know that you have to do it by law. And Canadians... Just understand we're not really going to invade you and that you're still our good friend, regardless of what our political leaders say. I think that we should be talking about politics. I think we should be talking about religion. Uh, I hear what you're saying about acceptance. As a straight edger, I'm somebody who everybody questions is like, well, what do you think about like people who smoke? Or why aren't you militaristic? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the idea of being straight edge got looped in about like with the idea of me being militaristic all of a sudden and militant against like 
people who smoke, people who eat meat, people who wear leather. And I really kind of did this for myself. And I'm guessing you did as well. Yeah, and I mean, I, some of the, for me, is in high school, some of my favorite bands were like Earth Crisis. And sure. A lot of vegan Those hard, are hardcore, hardcore bands. Hardcore yeah. bands are so good because they have all this pent up anger and energy. <laughs> right. And, and like, like, it's the, some of that stuff is so heavy. You know, the early Victory Records stuff before mm-hmm. the, everything got real emo and everything. Like, it's just that stuff when I'm working out and like jogging or whatever, it just is so good. And you still bands. do that. Yeah. yeah. And I still love, those are some of my favorite bands. So it's kind of cool. Uh, for years, I wasn't I wasn't straight edge or vegan, but getting back to that, it was like in high school, I had no other options, you know? And no, I don't. I mean, t- tell me about it. Because I, I became straight edge through that same scene. Yeah. And then when my brother was killed by a drunk driver, I said, well, well this is just how I'm going to be. This is like, I'm, I don't want to contribute to that. That that section of society, the, the alcohol, the celebration of alcohol. So I'm just going to do this. Drugs and alcohol are out. Then I, I kind of looked up after 15 years, 10 years, realized I was still practicing that and wasn't wasn't vocally saying I was straight edge that much. All my other friends who were straight edge were long since not. And I was like, well, now I identify with it more than anything because it's def- it's been an e- it's just segued into who I am. It hasn't been even that big of a deal. But you're saying that um, I'm trying to figure out what you were. Yeah, I mean, no, in you, high school, you're, you're saying that in high school you had to do this. I had very strict parents, and I went to a, a prep school where, like, if you were caught drinking on the weekends, even if it was just a rumor, you'd be expelled like instantly. Wow! Because there were a lot of boarding students, so they were because they were the guardians for these minors. There was this kind of like strictness. Sure. So I never. I like hardly ever. I think I maybe drank like one time during the summer in high school. How sick did you get? And, yeah. I mean, How sick did you get? I was not prepared for that, and I <laughs> and it was like, yeah. I've Meanwhile, been, Mega Rand's downing church wine, <laughs> and he's like, glug 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 glug. Blood of the Lord. Grape juice. Grape juice. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that it it's. Uh, you know, I've wrestled with stuff. I had, I, I, I'm sorry to hear about your brother, man. I, no, I mean, the geeks get, a lot of long-time geeks get, they know this stuff. But, yeah. but you thank you. I had a friend, a, one of my best friends, he, uh, he was killed in a drunk driving accident by a, by a, a 19-year-old on Halloween, and he mm-hmm. was 14. And that was like, my friend Tim and I, who we were in our first band together, uh, we kind of made this pact that we would never overindulge or, or, or do something stupid while drunk. Sure. And that is kind of like, at the core of, of a lot of, you know, a lot of, that band came out of the memory of our friend, my friend Jason. And that was a punk band. Yeah, it was, and it was called, that band was called Amphoteric, uh-huh. which uh, the riff for Hot Topic is not punk rock, came from one of our early songs called Green Machine, uh-huh. which um, we're selling these USBs that have like some of our old stuff on it. But anyway, that's kind of my background. And uh, if anyone wants to like, is struggling with stuff or wants to talk about 12-step stuff or meetings or all that, they can always hit me up because I've been in the rooms and it's, it's and you, been awesome. So, you, so did you go pretty far, far down that road? I think I've wrestled with things and... Um, Substances. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's like, without getting too specific, it's, sure. it's there's been a lot of like finding a higher power and going th- through and finding strength in my community. And yeah, I feel I'm better for it and I can really lend a hand. And the vegan thing is kind of connected to that... You know, wanting to have control over not leaving a, a bad footprint on the earth and being control over my body and knowing that, like, when I was not watching what I was eating, I was definitely a little reckless. And, I, you know, I weighed a lot more and I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so 
just trying every day just being like if i'm putting it in my mouth is it good for me or bad for me and like you know is what am I, how am i affecting the earth and is this a sustainable thing and without getting too political i just also feel this i went uh, i went scuba diving in great barrier reef when i when i got engaged and seeing all the fish and everything like without sounding like too much of a hippie i'm like this is beautiful this 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 world here and i don't want to like i can't be eating these fish you it's know irresponsible mm. it's irresponsible i feel like but i'm never going to judge anyone and like there's sustainable ways to to farm and raise animals and uh yeah so that's that's my done with my soapbox you're i would uh, guys i wouldn't allow i wouldn't ask <laughs> you guys on the show to be anything but yourselves <laughs> so please like Thanks. don't feel like you have to censor anything for the geekscapers they're they're big kids they can take it they can be told different they're different people and we definitely don't want this to be, the, uh, like I said, the middle of a human centipede where they're only listening to people they agree with and then throwing out stuff that they agree with because <laughs> that is just you're swallowing somebody else's shit and spinning it back out. That's like, that's like Twitter. Right you know, on. It's like I'm only going to follow the people who agree with me and make me feel better about myself yep. and I'm only going to do that image shaping for others where it's like I'm going to, fuck that. Good, let's throw out ideas. Let's, right. ide- let's throw out fucking ideas that we disagree right. with and let's wrestle with them because that's like the it. fucking point of life. That's, that's and, the point of life. You know, and then go see Venom and get upset. <laughs> 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 Which Yo, is the last episode. Lars said something you about, um, you know, coming up listening to like hardcore like vegan bands and things and um, uh, I, I didn't think about it until I started writing a book. I'm writing these these memoirs, and I'm writing a little bit every day. And I came up listening to rappers who were like also very spiritual and religious. They were way into like the five percent. And uh, you know, what does that mean? Five percent is um, yeah. uh, was Nation of Islam. It was a sect of of of, of Islam where these guys believed that five percent of the world were the civilized people and the rest of the 95% it was your job to try to convert or show the 95% the the, the other way wow you know so um it was always uh power wisdom equality things that like Wu-Tang Clan talked about okay it was a lot of like spiritual stuff and they always talked about not eating pork and and things like that and um Big Daddy Kane a lot of a lot of these guys when I, that I grew up listening to were making a lot of references to stuff that I didn't get at the time. I was just like, yeah, great beat, great rhyme. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I started looking up words and things, and I don't know how much of it I agree with, but but there were a lot of great um, pieces, like tidbits um, about knowledge of self, you know, and Christians, and the majority of what I came up, you know, learning was that, you know, you have to seek knowledge of God, you know, and God will show you the way. And um, the other side of it, the five percenters believe that you, you learn, you know yourself, and when you know yourself, then you can, you know, dictate your fate that way. And so it was a really like good. But how do you do that? Topical like, stuff. Yeah. By studying. I yeah. Guess, you just you know? gotta. Yeah. You gotta study. You know, study your lessons and, and hang around the ask questions from the, the world. wise people who have lived and walked the path. You sure. Know? Watch and, Master of uh, the Flying Guillotine 15 million times, like the Wu Tang, no doubt <laughs> there you did. Go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Shogun Assassin. Shogun Assassin. Yes. Geeks us if you haven't watched those kung fu movies. Oh, classics. You got your homework for the week. So yeah, it was always like interesting points to make, you know. And I remember having Christian friends who'd be like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can listen to that because they're." They're not teaching the right ways. And it's like, but the beats are dope and the, the rhymes are dope. So it, it became a great discussion point. And they were always talking about that, like living right, eating right, you know, treating each other right, things like that. So it was cool to, to see that stuff in early hip hop, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Because uh, I think you're fighting against me. shit. Like, I think 
that any good art, you're wrestling with it. Yeah. You are wrestling with something. Independent film, music. Oh, yeah. You know, art, indie comics. All that stuff is Podcasting. wrestling with something. Like, all of it is wrestling with something in the push and pull of ideas. You guys have a collaboration of a song called Walden about Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. Spending yeah, all that time alone at Walden Pond. He wrote on, on Walden Pond. You geekscapists went to high school. You had to read some Henry yeah, David Thoreau. Please tell me that yeah, the educational ready. system still demands that you read that, please. <laughs> and, and, and that is nothing if not just wrestling with one's own thoughts in a vacuum of being alone. Mm-hmm. And if you if you guys are uh, online, go listen to the song right now or whenever you yeah, finish this up. Yeah, it's on Spotify up. right now. Go and check it out. It's the first unofficial leak from the record. The mm-hmm. whole thing is coming uh, probably this winter. Uh, we're just finalizing the whole album now, and it's about different books that we've that have touched us at different times. And in it's our a lives. collaboration between you and Myself Lars. Myself and MC Lars are doing the rapping. We have great guests: MC Frontalot, Shade for the Dark Lord, Quelle Chris, uh, Miss Eve, Dan Bull, B Dolan. Great folks. Books like 1984, Watchmen, uh, Ichabod Crane. Um, there's so many good ones so old and new we went all over the place for this like a lot of stuff that inspired us and we're able to take lessons out of them you know that apply to today which I think Mm -hmm. is so important and uh, with Walden especially man I think that that's one that we can all relate to as artists you know where sometimes you need that that solitude to to create and you just got to get away from the you know the noise and you know and then he literally did that and so I think that um we all seek that that place, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and even the song talks about like there's a place you can go, you know, and uh, and if we if we can find that place, then we can all achieve I think true peace and harmony. And it can be an internal. Uh, there's something I talk about a lot. Uh, I've been doing a lot on Facebook, and a lot of you geekscapists are friends with me on Facebook. But in like the, the the bouts of depression and anxiety and stuff like that, it's so crucial, especially today as we're walking through this shared cultural miasma. Uh, you know, through I don't know, we're in a weird time, and we're all going through it together, and it's having effects on on all of us, uh, regardless of where we're from or what we stand for. Um, but there's a lot of noise, and cutting the signal and figuring out what the signal is beyond all the noise is something that I think helps you stay present, helps you stop thinking about what you should be doing. I think social media is telling us who we should be. How many, you know, we should put the selfies up. We should put up the. The, the, these videos and the Instagrams in, in, in image shape for other people rather than for ourselves and there's that, there's that allure of how many likes are you going to get, how many followers are you going to get and this and that I can understand that from your perspectives or Geekscape's perspectives where you want to have people actually listening to your message but it's a dangerously seductive thing to a lot of people if they can't separate that signal from the noise and I know I've fallen victim to it in and out several times how do you guys get when it's when, when it's part of the gig? Get people to the show, get people to the album, get people to your message. But sometimes the noise you have to cut through it. Like, have there been times when you're like losing sense of like what you're doing, and it gets a little hard to stick to the signal? I mean, I think it's a, you know people want those pop culture references and they want those tropes that they're familiar with, right? And so it's like a matter of finding meaning and like if you're gonna tell a story. For instance, on my Zombie Dinosaur album, I have a song about Hans Molman mm-hmm. from The Simpsons. And the theme is just about survival and persistence and um, strength. And, like, even when people think you're done, not quitting. You know what I mean? And, like, 
that's that's instead of just doing a song like Hans Moment did this, Hans Moment did that, Hans Moment got hit with the football. How's that? That's like, <laughs> that, would, that would be so whack. But I wanted to make it kind of about that. You? That yeah, me. It's about kind, you? It's me, really. Yeah. And it's about like that the fact that for 15 years I've been doing this and it's I'm not planning on stopping. I mean, I think the Walden song is interesting because it's about tapping into that space and I feel like formats like podcasting and stuff are cool because it forces people to just like we're sitting here outside the venue talking not distracted things that can give you that 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 rejuvenating human experience and I think there's like a move away from it's almost punk rock in a way a move away from uh, two million views on a video doesn't make something better just makes it more pervasive in the culture and then maybe you don't trust it because it means that it might reflect not the best things of human nature. You yeah, know? trust is probably a big word when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Especially when you see stuff that doesn't look like it has any real cultural any like substance and it's being celebrated like crazy. Yeah, popular is not necessarily good and I think in 2018 like popular can be a liability because it mm-hmm. means that something I don't know. Economically, it's insincere? Or, yeah, it's yeah. economically profitable but it's, I don't know. I, 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 so much of of social media is problematic and right and that's why you know being able to have a political viewpoint and stand by it and i posted about the kavanaugh stuff and a lot of my fans were like lars don't be political i don't listen to your music anymore and schaefer made a good or front a lot gave me a good like idea to respond saying there are plenty of artists who don't have a point of view feel free to enjoy their music yeah and did you see what like taylor sure. swift did like last week Yo, Props her. Swift she fucking oh she's finally said something and i love that she's and been silent for a so long. ton of kids registered to vote and uh and i think yes. she just realized like yo like i have a lot of influence and uh we not just influence responsibility yes we like spider-man to vote yeah like with great power Great comes responsibility. great responsibility. Like, That's come on. Uh, and I'm just going to plug real quick. Uh, next week, Yuri Lowenthal, the, who plays Spider-Man in the PS4 game, will be my guest. So if you're Yo, into that PS4 game, go ahead and listen. <laughs> that game is amazing. <laughs> that game is amazing. I'm excited to sit down with Yuri and talk about it. I thought you were going to say it. Taylor Swift, but that's no, even Taylor's, better. Yeah, I mean, hey, Taylor. Spider-Man. Hit me, hit me back on those DMs. <laughs> that was dope. When I saw that, uh, I think we all instantly felt rejuvenated, empowered. We're like, oh, man, well... She's got so much to lose. Right. As far as people, sponsors, corporations would be like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You know, this could, you know, like, granted, she's got, what, 100 million followers at this point. So sure. if she loses 10 million, it's not a huge deal. But the fact that she stood up and said something, I think is so important. And we, we grew up most people in she employs. Like, yeah. she's got a responsibility to those We people. came up listening to a lot of folks who, you know, I think made those statements, those controversial statements. And I love that. You know, Public Enemy was always... You know, they took a political stance. Hey. hey! So I love the fact that when when someone who's commercially successful can say something like, hey, I realize that now I have a poll and I have responsibility to speak up instead of being like just counting your money. You know, I was always a big basketball fan. And, and I look at the difference between like a Michael Jordan and a LeBron James. Sure. You know, it's always glaring to me to see both of them in yeah. their prime. Michael time. always had a great team and Dick Bavetta is a ref. Yeah, he won a lot of uh, Shots fired! And, shots uh, fired! Alright, um, must be a Laker fan. Uh, Not a Laker fan. No, I, okay. Come on, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. wearing a Utah Jazz hat. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> but Michael Jordan had a lot of moments to speak up, you know, yeah. during a lot of crucial times, during the, the Rodney King verdict, during OJ. Like, he, all these things were happening, and he was nowhere to be found. And, uh, and I think there's a quote from him 
where they asked him, like, hey, man, you, you know, do you ever want to say something? And he's like, oh, Republicans buy shoes, too. You know? And, yeah. Uh, and he's like, he didn't want to upset anyone. And I understood that. And, and, folk, and then LeBron James speaks out. You know, you hear, like, the media attacking him, saying, oh, just shut up and dribble. Like, sure. you got to just play sports. It's you like, know? fuck you, I'm going to open a you school. Know? And now he's like, all right, well, I'm going to open a school. How about that? You know, like, you still want me to shut up and dribble? Like, I think that it's so important to see the people realizing their power and, like you said, their responsibility. You know, shout out to Aunt May. She was so important. with that. <laughs> well, Uncle Ben said it. Oh, yeah, it was Uncle, Uncle Ben, ben said, said it. it. Don't Aunt worry. Repeated Don't it. worry. We're but not going to take the credit away. I think she repeated it. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> the video game is great, Geeks Gamers, if you haven't played it. Uh, how do you guys get a chance to play it? How long has this tour been going on? And then... Is this your first? This album that's coming out in the in the winter is that your first collaboration? It's not. We've collaborated on each other's projects a lot over the years since we've known each other, but this is the first full length together. Then you call it something new. What are you guys calling this thing? This is called the Dewey Decibel System. <laughs> now that's not like our group name. I know, per but it, se. because you guys are it's talking still about Mariner books, Lars, but it's all yeah. books and. Um, People are going to love it, man. I think it's both of our best stuff. Like, it's super top-notch beats, top-notch concepts. Lyrics are so fire. Like, we sat together in a studio in Brooklyn for a week just hammering out ideas and concepts. That's it's fast. Three years in the making, though. Guys, like, okay. But the That's recording fast. went down in a week. We wrote for years. That's still fast. Yeah, three years isn't fast. But no, a week is fast. Like, well, to wrote, get all that work done in a wrote, week. Uh, yeah, we worked what twelve hour days. That's a sprint. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we were we went super hard because we owe this to our fans, and I think that uh, it was something that we talked about. And I I won't do this in the future. I won't talk about stuff until it's ready, you know. But I think talking about it got me, you know, made me feel responsible for getting it done. So I would have an idea that I wrote in Phoenix, and I come to the studio and like, and then Lars is like, well, maybe you could say it this way, and then I'll be like, hey, well, maybe you could say this this way. And you're in the Bay Area. So, we started working. Where were you at? I'm living in New York now. In New York now. So we were, yeah. We stayed with our. We worked with our friend Brad for a week out in Bushwick, and then we launched the uh, the crowd the crowdfunding Kickstarter while we were in Columbus for the gathering of the Juggalos. Mm-hmm. We played with the uh, ICP there, and the next day we had we weren't playing that morning, so we sat together and put together like the, the concept and the marketing and. We launched on Kickstarter, and that was kind of a cool kickoff for the project, like showing that we're we're doing stuff in different scenes, and like we got a good reaction there, and it's it's been really cool, and like a huge shout out to the hundreds of people who backed the project, like it, it went way above our goal, and that was tight. And how was the gathering? My brothers wrestled at the gathering, and he says it's like the people there are so nice, it was so nice, <laughs> it's like a Everyone, community. That you so don't expect that. People telling me, "Oh, be careful! Oh, yeah, you watch out for this." Because there's and a that. stereotype, and I and I just and I just said and I just said you don't expect that. Like like you think yeah. that these the juggalos are going to come at you with attitude, beat you up, and leave you in an alley, like, oh, <laughs> and then pour fago on you. Love there. I mean, I will say, I mean, not disrespecting anybody, but I got probably the dirtiest I've ever been in my life being there just because it was a rainy sure. muddy situation like woodstock 94 yeah like i had grime on me that still hasn't come off like of, of so i got I threw away shoes i threw away Wait, you're not black no it's just the fucking just, oh my god the, <laughs> what the fuck the remaining uh, no, I think, <laughs> that's I think fucked I'm up <laughs> sorry uh, geekscapist that was terrible no um <laughs> you I, know what it's gonna happen i'm sorry welcome um, to geekscape but, 
man, like, so much love there. But again, I had so many people saying, oh, be careful. I saw, I heard, I heard. It's always, I heard. No one ever saw I it. heard. It's, right. Well, I heard the story that somebody this, and they got booed, and they got this, and oh. Atila, ca- uh, Atila Tequila. Wow. That was, that actually happened. Yeah, the Atila Tequila. <laughs> yeah, you guys can Google that one, Geekscape. It's the Atila Tequila stuff supposedly happened. You probably have to Google Atila Tequila at this point, because... <laughs> Who's that? Uh, anyway, my space was tight. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I had an amazing time. So much love there, man. Uh, um, we played at 3 a.m. and it what? felt like it was. Are you fucking 9 crazy? p.m. Like they, it was they, just it was that shit was going all night, all night, man. Just wild, <laughs> like just raucous energy. And um, I always tell the great story about me just kind of wandering around, just kind of people watching. Yeah, and. Um, fireworks going off and music playing and tech nine up on stage rapping and i'm just walking and someone's like hey and then i turn around like what and the guy's like i love you man and I was oh like, man oh, i love you too man oh. oh and it was just so much love did you had to put it. on any like clown paint or like Dude, we should have put on some you guys should have come out and been like what up my ninjas v- lars is very like well versed in the in the lore of the of, ninjas of icp <laughs> He has been. He can tell you. Are you a secret ninja? He is all about it. He's a <laughs> juggalo. He's out of the closet. He he does a IPCP podcast now. Like he's he's fully out. Um, and I love it. Like he got me in. We had me. We read the book leading up to it. The it's book. The audio book. Uh, yeah, there's a book behind the paint. Violent J wrote an autobiography, and it's uh, the audio book is very comes very highly recommended. And when we met them. Mega Ran impressed the heck out of me by asking Violent J all these specific questions from oh, the book. Oh, you studied. You studied oh, for yeah. the exam. Yeah. <laughs> I studied. I mean, the book is, just, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's so good, you know, especially the audio book, because he literally, like, freestyles it. He, and he reads it himself. So he reads, yeah, oh, he reads his own book. Damn. But then, as he's reading it, he'll be like, oh, that reminds me of this other time. So he goes off go script. off script for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, what else? What was I saying? Oh, yeah, back to the chapter. And then he goes back, and it's so good. That sounds better than the book, it, for it sure. Is. It's far better. It's it's like 19 hours long, but it's so good. <laughs> so is that basketball documentary they started putting on ESPN, though. There's a new yeah. basketball documentary called uh, A Love Story, Basketball Love Story, and it's a 20-hour like series of mini documentaries that one filmmaker made. And well, it covers like an so expansive series. I'm so excited to watch it. I can handle that. I'm so but, stoked. But Lars, tell them tell them about your where where'd your ICP love come from? Like when? Yeah, that's what, something what that happened. We didn't talk about I, this. I, I could have I, I could have pegged that as a as something that you could have done. But but Lars, I would have notched it up as a joke or something like that. See, it's sincere, it's no right? It's real. I mean, I like how they did everything differently. I like how they built their own independent scene. For sure, know? props to them. I like a lot of their beats. I like their storytelling and the whole dark carnival mythology to me i liken it to like narnia right sure because it's this metaphor of this big expansive universe about kind of you could call it vaguely christian themes of that's like, what narnia is right yeah, yeah narnia too it's like this idea of like each character without going too deep in the original six decks <laughs> is about uh did you live a good life or did you live an evil life i love how the geekscapers are like fuck you man you you had two of my favorite artists on there and all you guys talked about was religion and politics uh, <laughs> you trying no, to convert me, Christian? Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing I like yeah. about ICB. It's surprising. <laughs> yeah. you, you think it's like it's challenging? Oh, yeah, you think it's like violent, Fago? Oh, ha ha! <laughs> they, they distrust science. Okay, my ninja. But it's the music and their live shows always on point. And they, you know, seeing them in '98 in, in Palo Alto at the Edge made me want to become a rapper. 
You were that a kid. was the moment. I was 16. I painted my face up. Wow. We went up in the. We went with my friend in, in my singer, my old band, and his mom drove us up, and uh, we went. And it was the first time I'd ever seen like a drunk person fall over. It's the first time I ever was kicked in the head in a mosh pit with a Doc Martin to the face. Oh Jesus! But I, I that that moment stuck with me because it was just like, oh, this is rap can be creative and yeah. insane and literally and, and yeah. very different and. I was proud of it. And back then, you know, I was when people in California weren't really bumping ICP back then. Well, no, the, you were in the Bay, and that scene was, that punk rock scene at least was, that Bay Area scene was like that Gilman scene. Yeah. And it wasn't like, did you see the Gilman Street documentary? Speaking of four yeah, hours, that's a four hour documentary. I, I loved it. Didn't Billy, Billy Joel Armstrong produce it? Produced it, yeah. And I was like, are they going to tell everything? And within like five minutes, I see Dr. Frank on screen and I'm like, yep, they're going to cover everything. Uh, I so love cool. it. I got to see that's on the top of my watch list. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, the Gilman Street documentary. Um, and you find out what, 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 what Hedgecore is. And that whole thing that like what is that? So Hedgecore, you hear about it in the Operation Ivy songs and all that stuff, but um, they're just dicking around and jumping literally into hedges, and being like you know because everything's hardcore, nerdcore, thiscore, thiscore. They started yelling Hedgecore and jumping into bushes, <laughs> and they were literally yelling Hedgecore. So it's a joke. And oh. I don't know if you've listened to the Long Shot, Billy Joe's new band. No, you you should. It's it's really guitar rock. Uh, they're fucking awesome. Um, I they're, they toured in this. Uh, they toured over the summer. They were awesome live. It's really great music. But he has a love song about jumping into hedges, and I'm like, oh man, that whole Gilman Street scene was just a bunch of like clowns jumping, like playing punk rock and jumping into fucking bushes and shit. But that was your neighborhood, and I'm guessing that hip hop wasn't as pervasive. But then you have guys like Boots Riley and stuff coming out of Oakland. And it sounds like hip-hop yeah. was a big part of that. Is, that. is there a difference between the Oakland thing and the Bay Area Berkeley thing? Like, I don't know anything about it. It's just too many towns smushed together. I mean, the cool thing about the Bay is that like it's not so weird. You go see Too Short one night and then and then Operation Ivy the second night. You sure. Know? That's like the whole vibe. I Middle school and high school, I lived on the Monterey Peninsula, which okay. is south, which is like kind of near Santa Cruz, okay. which is a little more sheltered. you know. And I found ICP through trading bootleg prank call tapes with like this kid in Michigan. I, tra- I had like this rare jerky like boys jerky tape. boys yeah and I had a website where I like would tr- list all my prank call tapes and dub them and trade them and did you go see the jerky boys movie when it came to theaters no but I definitely was quick to buy it Fuck. on VHS yeah. I think it's an un- <laughs> it's a un it's a un Heralded classic. I, what happened in the '90s when they were like, "Let's put these cable shows on TV"? Because I remember distinctly going to see Jerky Boys on in the theater, Brain Candy with the with the the kids in the hall, and um, what was the third one that I went to see? MST3K That's when they made classes. a movie. Yeah, yeah, they made fucking movies. What is that? But you know, I don't think that. It, the Jerky Boys movie was the hit. It, it, it was not. Been. It was not because people didn't want scripted calls. Right. So you're trading these these bootleg calls with your friends, and then how did this slip, does hip hop slip in there? What, what happened happens? Was, was there's one there was this one tape, the Seattle phone pranks that Jerky that ICP had sampled on the Super Bowl song from uh, the Tunnel of Love EP, and that made it into the tape. That that he was like, yo, he's like, yo, Lars, check this out. They sampled this call on this tape you sent me. I was like, I didn't know where this was from. This kid put it, and, yeah. he's like, and he did a spoken introduction. You might like this song, and it was 
that was ICP, and I was like pre Malenko, pre Riddlebox. You're like, who are these guys? Yeah, I was like, who are these? They would be friends of mine. And I was like, I like them. And yeah. then he he would buy the CD. I'd send him like in, literally in the mail, twenty dollar bills, and then he'd send me their albums, which w- weren't really distributed outside of Detroit. And mm-hmm. So I was up on that stuff as a kid, and and and. It was, you know, very, very, like, mysterious. Who the heck are these weird, strange people? But without the internet, you couldn't research any of that stuff. Like, yeah, it was starting We didn't know who bands happen. were. Without Maximum Rock and Roll, I didn't know who any of these bands were. You know? Right. Like, remember Book Your Own Fucking Life? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I didn't know who... Like, when I started booking, like, basement shows in high school out of Book Your Own Fucking Life, which was that yearly publication Maximum Rock and Roll had put out that had all the bands and labels and tour agents and everything in it... Like, you didn't really know these bands. Like, you didn't recognize them until they pulled up. You couldn't go on the internet and look all that stuff up. It's there's like no the, way. There's a magic to it. And you would trust other people's as... You trust their taste, which I did with this kid, Chris. You'd become an authority. Yeah, and, and, and if you're like, a, if you're like a, someone in the scene in different cities trading cassettes or, like, booking shows... You know, Adam from Adam's Package, he sent me mm-hmm. a list of promoters when I was, like, in high school. And that's kind of how I got my first shows. He was like... This underground list that I think was probably based on the maximum rock. He's fantastic. Stuff. You should interview him. Have I, you? It, no. It, well, does he leave Philly? Like, I would He's love Philly, to have yeah. him on the show. Um, I don't do a lot of. I don't really do any remote stuff. But, but I would, yeah. if I go up to the Northeast, and I would love to go back to Philly because I went to undergrad there. I would love to have him on the show because I remember in undergrad he was still performing and he blew all of our minds because here's a guy and he's sampling fucking track and field. From the NES, and I'm like, "What is this? Would you guys call Adam and his package like a precursor to the modern day like, like nerdcore thing, or is he in it? it or by that point, was I don't know the history of nerdcore well enough to look beyond you guys and Chris, people I've had on the show. Like, what's there's the history? Been, there's definitely some connection. A lot of um, <clears throat> I'd heard the word Nintendo Core, like Math the Band. Um, and when was that? So that was what was that like? Late '90s, early maybe early 2000s. So that's early. I feel like that was the first time I had heard things like that. Then going forward, I heard um, the Mini Bosses mm-hmm. who are out of Feet, Arizona. They're Arizona, yeah. Uh, the Advantage, um, and then I heard the Megas 2004 or five, and uh, and then that was kind of where where I fit in at least. Um, and uh, you guys were still working and doing your thing. But Adam and his MC package was, predate that by almost ten years. Absolutely, but I don't know how. I don't know Adam and his package's like connection to us. Like, do you, do you feel like he's aware of what he, we he do? He clearly or? influenced you, is what you're uh, saying, you know, right, is Lars? He, like, aware of, of of our stuff? Does he know? Yeah, I mean, we. I, I covered one of his songs on my second album. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was like that fusion of nerd and hardcore, which Nerf Herder kind of was too, and like a lot of that old stuff. For me, Adam's package was an inroad to bands like Fugazi and all yeah. the bands he would cover. Oh, I would he see him perform with like bands like Lifetime and Texas The Reason and stuff like that, and it's like, wait, what's happening? And, and that, Vision out of Philly. This is all Philly stuff and it, New Jersey stuff. Yeah, it gave, me, it gave me the confidence to be like, oh, one person with samples and a guitar can do this by himself. I was like, ah, I'll do that, but... Without the package, without the Yamaha, I'll bring my laptop. And uh-huh. that was like, for me, that was so much more of an influence than any of like the nerdcore stuff because that I found out much later in college as Chris. And then I found out, you know, about Front A Lot and uh-huh. I met them all. And But everyone wants to claim that word. And I think Front A Lot probably has the best assertion of it because he kind of like, he didn't trademark it, but he kind of like really ran with it. But I don't think he invented the term, but he would probably be very mad at me for saying that. So. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he gets unconscious about I it. I always give him credit for coining the term, but I don't necessarily know if that's right. the case. I remember him saying he was trying to think of a, a word to define what he was doing and a word that wasn't necessarily used. When it came time when, like, I guess in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, when uh, when a lot of outside press saw this as new and novel, and, you know, and I remember, like, front a lot popping up in, like, Double XL, and you on, like, CNN, and, like, a lot of these cool things were happening, and uh, and I think they just needed a buzzword, like, you know, to, to call this, well, this, you bet, you, I this bet you've never nerd heard core. of nerdcore, you know, and uh, that, so, yeah, I don't know, but I feel like, that that time period, like it gets a little muddy. Someone should definitely do a full I didn't like, compendium report on this. Like, I, I would love to see that. I didn't bring it up in my conversation with Chris uh, a few episodes ago because I had read that he like wanted to disassociate himself with that with the term. With the, with the term but then when I went in, and so I was like, okay, don't bring that up. <laughs> you know, not to so self. You didn't don't bring it up. Don't you bring that up. But but but, but he what? in the conversation was like, yeah, fine. You know, yeah. he's like, yeah, fine, like whatever kids want to call it, call it. I, it. I just call it loud party. Like, we're just gonna have a party when you come to my show. <laughs> we're just gonna have a party. Yeah. Whatever the music is, you're gonna be dancing, you're gonna have fun. We're gonna tell jokes because he does a bit of stand-up type type of stuff in his show. Oh yeah, his show is definitely something that you you don't see every day. I mean, there's costume content. Yeah, there's a lot. It's of a party. It is a dance he party. Writes out ten minute jokes. I love it. That go in the middle of his set. So it's not it's not like any any concert that most people are used to ever seeing. Because it's a combination of stand-up, you know, there's this interactivity and fun party music. So you went to undergrad in Philly. I went to Penn, yeah. Oh, wow. I went to Penn State and I grew up in Philly. So, uh, yeah. I love it. And I see a lot of Get that Philly connections in a lot of uh, a lot of our stuff. Well, Matt Kelly, like our, our podcast manager Matt's at Geekscape, is from Lars Philly. Lars spent some time in Philly. Yeah. Um, MC my, Chris. My manager lives in Philly. Shout out to I love. I love... Chris City. spent a lot of time in Philly. Dead uh, Milkman. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Philadelphia is a a, a great hub for a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that's inspired a lot of us. I really love that city. Um, so it feels like with every nerdcore artist that there is a, another subgenre, not just of music that they are uh, like attached to. And with you, uh, Ran, it's like wrestling. Yeah. And okay. like growing up with a brother that just wanted to be a wrestler the whole time, I I got worn out of wrestling pretty fast. Sure. I was like like Paul, it was all Paul was obsessed with. I had my fair share of the wrestling stuff, but <laughs> but it is so popular now, and you've almost created your own niche within the wrestling community. Have you? I mean, would you say that? I don't know. Like, I don't I listen to wrestling. So. I don't watch wrestling enough to, at all at all. So, it's like, been interesting. Yeah, the but last you've gotten a lot years. of fans from the wrestling community. Definitely, there's crossover. Um, there's there's a huge amount of crossover. I didn't realize it, but I guess I would see it once in a while. Like, you go to San Diego Comic Con, and you'll mm-hmm. see people cosplay as wrestlers. Sure. You know, so occasionally you started seeing that. But that's a nerd thing. I understand nerds mm-hmm. in wrestling. Like, oh, I yeah. understand Comic the geeks books, in wrestling. Video games, pro wrestling. Horror movies, and then you come you know in. I mean, I feel like there's definitely a huge cross section. I'm just trying to get Lars in some tights in tonight's show, I, I, and maybe I, I, having I, I, him like like do like a frog splash or something. Wrestling. Can Lars you do a somersault? Do a We're sick, gonna get him wrestling. A sick Hurricane Rana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deep cuts. Yeah, I feel like it's happening. You know, just be just a natural progression. I would occasionally make a mention on stage, like, hey, anybody in wrestling? And then For sure. Would, you know, a few more people would say some things. And uh, I think it's helped out a lot with a lot of the current wrestlers being younger kids who don't mind 
uh, you know, talking about their nerdy side. Right. You know, uh, shout out the New Day. Those guys, they oh, play video Oh, they're such games. nerds. They're talking about unicorns and rainbows. Did and CM Punk start that? Because, or, or not, not CM Punk. I remember meeting hmm. the dude who was, what was his name? A guy, Geekscapist, who were wrestling fans. I am so sorry. But the dude who dressed in green and dressed like a fucking superhero... The Hurricane. The Hurricane. I yep. remember meeting Hurricane, back. hurricane with my brother at Universal, and he had just bought like Identity Crisis, the DC book, and all that stuff. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, "This guy's a legit nerd." And oh, I, it was straight like Green Lantern and yeah, there was a yeah. lot of comic. The book Hurricane stuff. is that Hurricane? Was, he was is he the, the precursor of like the nerd wrestling crossover thing? Nerd. You know what? He might be. First kind of nerd wrestling crossover. I feel like it could have been Because I think I would have gotten into wrestling if my brother would have started doing that shit. <laughs> I would have been like, now I support your profession. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he was like a little scrawny guy, but he would pretend to be a superhero. Yeah. So he would always take on and the now you got like, like, oh, I'm, I have super strength. And, and I he saw, would just knock him out of the ring. I saw know? Paul in the PWG wrestling like... A very early Kenny Omega. Yeah. And he's all nerd and shit. Like, all like, nerd. His moves are named nerd after and shit. Uh, video game terms. The V-trigger is, is, is one move. The one-winged angel. Paul's Mushroom another. Stomp was a shout-out to me Mushroom because I'm a stomp. fucking nerd. Because nice. uh, Mario's my shit. So. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like now everyone's so okay with, with that. And I, and I remember them saying, some of the younger guys were like, the old wrestlers would see them playing games backstage. Like, uh-huh. What are you doing? Like, yeah. playing video games? What? We play cards like real men over yeah. here. Yeah. You know, so it was. All, it's a lot of like hurry up and wait when you're doing TV. You know. Sure. So these guys have nothing else to do, so they decided to just set up video game systems, and and more and more guys were actually into it, not just like the Madden and Call of Duty. It's a generation but thing. Actually, yeah, it's definitely a generational thing. I think that video games were definitely a, a '90s, '80s kind of '80s baby kind of thing. So now all the younger kids are okay with it, and they're bringing it into their characters a lot more. How do we get Lars wrestling? Well, let's see. He's already in the ICP. I've seen I mean, ICP wrestle. wrestled. Yeah. So I think it's possible, very possible. He gets you in the next uh, Bloody Mania <laughs> or something. I would say like 90%. Well, three-quarters of my wrestling knowledge comes from my passionate knowledge of ICP's lyrics, and the rest comes from just spending months in the van with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> listening to all the podcasts and meeting all your friends and meeting Xavier and just like being able to learn because it's this pop culture thing. It's like you can't avoid it and it's who cares that it's like if I don't know everything like last night someone held up a action oh, figure man. and I'm like it's Ultimate Warrior. It's like no, it's Stingray or whatever. <laughs> it was a Sting. It was Sting. And I'm like yeah. what? Okay, well I mean I tried. They've got like the, the, the they had the, the face paint. Makeup, yeah, the face no paint. shirt on. Like give me credit. I'm I, I'm trying, bro. Don't right. don't don't shame me. The guy kind of shamed. Like, oh, he shamed you. Oh, come on. And well, like, there's yeah, something else going on there. That's pretty good, right? Ultimate Warrior used to team with Sting. Yeah, so I think that's a totally yeah. fair. Give me a break, fans. So you, you gotta know, let him off the hook for that. People. Don't like, geek I, shame. I, I don't like that at all. Don't like, hate create. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. Like that wasn't very nice of him. Yeah, but Sting would not approve of that. A pumpkin too, so he was. Uh, and you know what? If you would have, if you would have gotten late, <laughs> if, if you would have held up late stage Sting, you would have said the crow. So like, fuck right. off. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, at like one point dude. he looked like the damn he crow. Like the crow. He, like legit he looked like, like Duke. Crow. He looked like Duke from <laughs> fucking GI Joe. Joe. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different phases in these characters. Yeah, like give people a break. And I learned something though. They were on a team together, and okay, and one of them has less spiky face paint. Now right. I know. Okay, that's like you know it's, it's not like he held up Mario. I'm like, yo, Luigi. I'm down with him. Like he's channeling me on a Ouija. I was like, that's an, that's a, that's something that if I messed up, I'd 
you could shame me for it. I, uh, speaking. I wouldn't shame you for that. <laughs> but even, like, my wife knows who doesn't play any video games. She would know Mario from Luigi, so that's true. Just based on the color and the heights. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Christians who ended up in music and wear face paint, uh, dude, I went to see Alice Cooper like three months ago For at real? the Greek, and I was like six rows back. My How buddy Andy got me. It's fucking amazing. That was great. It was yeah. like a satanic Broadway show. There were costume changes. There were giant fucking pyrotechnics and set pieces. Ace Freely opened for him, and he got, he played all the Kiss songs that he helped write, <laughs> and like. Wow. Dude, it was it was insane, and it's not something that like I'm not a metal guy, you know what I mean? Like even when it comes to punk rock, I'm more of the pop guy. So like my buddy was like, "Hey man, I have this spare ticket. I can't refund it. It's fucking. You want to see Alice Cooper?" I was like, "This is something I would okay. love to do." I would have gone to. Yeah. And I fucking went, and I had a blast, nice. and that was a fucking show. That guy knows how to put on a show. Do you, Jonathan, do you know he narrates Great Malenko? He's like does the introductory narration on the ICP record. <laughs> That's a little trivia. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so just want to reference that anyway. Nah. And I saw ICP wrestle uh, for Ring of Honor in Philly. Nice. That oh, was 2001 or two. Wow. They played their uh, their entrance song, The Greatest Show. Uh, that was the one song from ICP that I knew when, uh, when we were at the gathering. They played that song, which they used to come out to in WWF with the oddities. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I know that song. The greatest show. Yeah. Gather up all juggalos and roll. <laughs> Everyone come see the greatest show. I'm an oddity. Quit looking odd at me. That's a tight rhyme. That's pretty tight. <laughs> How often do you guys just go off the script and, and freestyle? Is that like a tact? Like when you think of rap, oh, if, if you're if you're un, like un, not knowledgeable like myself in the rap game, like you think that everything's fucking freestyle. Can I set the record straight? I I started freestyling because I saw Mega Rand do it so well, and he invites me to join him on his set, which is an honor. And I just wanted to set the record straight that like that was something that. You know, I never wanted to be like I was biting one of his 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 part of his show, but like I can only try to be as good as Megaran with the freestyles. But I feel like he's kind of like my freestyle coach, and when he brings me up to freestyle on his set, you get nervous. I get nervous, but it's fun because he's like he 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 hands me you. the mic and he I like knows you. if it's a couplet that I'm gonna hit. Like I'm always doing the one if someone has a asthma inhaler. I'm like I hope this show's not a failure. Only at the Nerdcore show do you see the asthma inhaler. He'll give me the mic when like. So he always has that's my good. back, and 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 I just wanted to, you know, set the record straight that that's his bit that he brings me in on. Thank you. Thanks. Well, <laughs> to, to keep it all the way real and to show you how hip hop has always been about like borrowing, building, and you know, turning it into something new. Uh, I saw something similar from Supernatural, who I think he has the world record for freestyling. Holy shit! Uh, and he's been known for you know pulling out items and things like that and uh, props. Right. in his battles and, like, um, he yeah. had some great battles against a guy named Juice who beat Eminem in a battle mm. and uh, so when he beat him he did a lot of uh, a lot of tricks that I use sometimes like changing your voice like he'll rap like another rapper or pull out something and be like oh you need this handkerchief you know yeah they're like mocking each other yeah yeah so props and in, 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 in that is what gave me the idea or for, not Carrot Top mm, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he a prop guy? Gallagher. Was, uh, Gallagher. Megaran gets enough props. <laughs> but most of it, I think, even when we when we're working on music, you know, you start by writing, of course, but things have to hit your head first. So I'll play a beat, walk around, hum, you know, and hum melodies. Yeah, and try and find something. Kind of freestyle a little bit to get like the first bit of it going. So there is a lot of that, but um, I think it comes from me for teaching. 
You he got to read say, a lot. You got to think on the fly. Yeah. You know, of course, you got to be well read. Yeah. And, you know, you got to know what's going on. But, you know, every lesson is going to go the same way. Like, I, I taught five different classes in a day, you know, where you're teaching five different sixth or seventh grade classes reading. Yeah. So, one class comes in extra hyper. One class comes in extra tired after lunch. You know, you got to learn how to adjust the lesson on the fly to make these kids excited about it. So same thing with the show. You go to a show and sometimes people are absolutely crazy. You just say hi and they cheer for five minutes. Other ones you say hi and one person up. makes noise like last night. And some then, guy has a sting fucking. You got to wake the whole room up. <laughs> some guy has a sting toy in his pocket. Who's that? What's his story? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm walking around with a sting toy no, in my but pocket. His story is that he's familiar with the show. Sure. And then that's like we've built such a great relationship with our fans that it's like, Hey, now you get to be a part of the show. And Yo, I think he still has that sting pocket in his in, in, in his, his pocket, pocket right, now. right now. Yeah, he's probably in the supermarket. Yeah, with the sting toy in his pocket. What's up, girl? Shout out to him. Thank you. That guy was really sweet. I like he him. Carved all these pumpkins that were like based on our album art. So. Oh, that's and fucking talent. They're in the front of our uh, our van right now. That's super talented. So uh, yeah, he's super talented. So our fans are so special, and I think we built such a great friendship and relationship with them that they bring us stuff and uh they're part of the show and the freestyle especially the item thing i think it's great that we do it together because we're literally bringing everybody into the show oh shit so now it's like okay i'm gonna rap about your shoes converse you're an all-star you know so now you have a memory attached to that show yeah and the next time i see you you're gonna be like Hey, you probably don't remember me, but you rapped about my shoes, man. And I, I've been telling people about that ever since, you know. And uh, now you this have This guy made connection. fun of my shoes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Even if you make yeah, fun, you know. Yeah. It's like a comedian, heckling yeah. or whatever. Like, sometimes it might be fun. It's personalized. And so it becomes personalized. And now we, we build a moment, which I think helps to make us have such a special audience. That they keep coming back, you know. Like, it's been 10 plus years for us. And it's a blessing to come to a room and see 100 people that want to rock out, like, wearing our t-shirts and bringing hey i got it's something huge. for you for the freestyle now you know you're yeah. never gonna guess you know? oh Those they're bringing props things, for you surprise props you know yeah like, oh, i'm not gonna check work, you see yet. if they work it in but when you drop the beat then i'm gonna bring out that orange and try to stump you you oh, know fuck and like <laughs> at this point if we were to not do the freestyle like that would be an issue people would be like angry so it's it's like yeah. a, it's always different and it's always di every tour it's a different beat this tour we've been using what bc boys intergalactic yeah uh, i like using some old school stuff that moves fast because even if the rhyme isn't super incredible you can i think bulldozer. the flow yeah. sounds great when it's fast when it's slow it's um I don't oh, know you can get what caught lingering. Say. Yeah, yeah. But if it's fast, it's, I don't know what to say. Anyway, I'm gonna keep on going. You know, and it, it, yeah, you can bulldoze right much through better. it. Yeah, as as that. So yeah, it's just learning techniques about what works and what doesn't. I mean, I've been we've been writing raps over you know a decade at this point. So a challenge is always you know I'm always looking for a new challenge. So I think that freestyle and making the freestyle a part of it has been a, a fun challenge. Are you guys almost at the end of the tour or can the Geekscape still go and listen to you guys and live and coming up? We are, we are, we go up the West Coast and then we come through the Midwest so we end in Let Oklahoma City. Yeah. So, so where, you, where where should we go online to find some Nerdcore of those tour dates? com, but also megaran.com was it slash shows? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, tour com. and also all our social media we promoted a lot but yeah, we're out until the basically the end of the month, and then we're you know then we're gonna go to England. We're playing uh -huh. England with. Uh, First, we're gonna put this album out. Right, that's coming out this like this year, but hopefully in a few weeks. True. So this is what we got. Uh, let's just start with Monday, Portland, Oregon. Tuesday, Seattle. Wednesday, Boise. Thursday, Salt Lake. Saturday, 
Inglewood, Colorado, pretty close to Denver. When are you playing Salt Lake? October eighteenth, Thursday. Yeah, oh, okay. I don't know when this is going up. So I no, hate, no, I it, 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 it will stuff. it will be up. I'm just yeah. All right, cool. The NBA the Kansas NBA City. season starts. Casimo. Uh October twenty second, St. Louis. October twenty third, Oklahoma City. Yeah. And uh, coming to a place near you. Right after that, we'll be finalizing the album's artwork. Of course, Kickstarter folks are getting that first. For Dewey Decibel system. Dewey Decibel is coming out before the end of this year, so be ready. And I've got, in November, I'm doing a few weeks on the East Coast with iFight Dragons. Shout out to them. Yeah. They're awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. Like, like Chip Rock Band from Chicago. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, they're tight. They're tight. Yeah, uh, chip tunes is something that like you guys can associate with, but you're not chip tunes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Geekscape is, you know where to find him. Megaran's got a podcast on the Geekscape network right Matt now. Matt Mania Podcast is now tag team partnered up with Geekscape. This is so exciting. Um, so exciting. Thank you to you and to Matt and the whole squad. Uh, it's, it feels good to belong to, <laughs> to a faction. You always did. And uh, yeah, it feels great, man. We let's got all, a faction let's all, now. Let's all hang out at Comic Con this year. We will. And uh, obviously, when Lars, Lars does not have to bring his podcast to us, he can. He doesn't podcast have to. is great though. We he did doesn't an interview have to. On but it. he's got a we podcast. Is, What's it called? Uh, it's called the MC Lars Podcast. Thank you for plugging it. I no, dude, that. of course. <laughs> and I we're interviewed Mega, Mega Ran on it. That will be soon. And also, we're both on Patreon. So if anyone wants to hear monthly music, <gasps> that's the last thing we'll plug. No, whatever. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, Patreon would be great. Patreon's awesome. We do at least two songs a month. Uh, I flip a different video game right now. I'm playing the Messenger on Switch. Uh-huh. So I got a flip of that. With the composer Rainbow Dragon Eyes, it's coming very soon. It's Holy shit! So, so, so now, now gaming composers are like working with you and yeah, doing com- collaborations. Particularly indie cats, you know, Dude. Like, more often than like I can't get like Koji Kondo on the phone. I know, but, but like, I gotta shout it out because yeah. our gaming podcast isn't talking about it. Nintendo's new IP on their on the iPhone. They have this new game on the iPhone called Dragalia Yo, Lost. It's good. It's fucking it's great. Really good. The music on Dragalia Lost Dragalia is the is shit. How are they not about that. Dude, because they don't play it because it's not out in Canada, oh. so Derek has an excuse. Oh, okay. But Josh and Shane have no excuse for not talking about this game. That this game is fucking Monster great. Hunter on iOS is incredible. Dude, I love playing Dragalia so Lost and the music, like that K pop stuff is yeah. so fucking good. I'm leveling up. It's I used good. to call that, uh, I used to not understand the game. I thought it was just a bunch of like. I called it dragon titties because it just looked like a bunch of like it just looked like a bunch of like young girls with Nintendo. big chests running nice. around. It looked like it would look like they were just fishing for like perverted manga and fans. Yeah, but it's but actually good. The game, game is fucking awesome. The game is awesome. And, it, it's and, good. and I, there's always people on co-op. If you guys like like dungeon crawling live action RPGs and a lot of collectathons, it's yeah. a it's a gotcha game. It's a lot of fun. And I'm not a huge mobile game player, but man, like this is one that keeps me going for a while. Dude, it's I'm so, so glad you're a proponent for Dragalia Lost. Good. It's my favorite shit right now. Yeah. It's my favorite. Oh, I like, gotta get you dude, into it. it's so much fun it's to time. play this game. Dragalia found more like it. <laughs> <laughs> Geekscape is uh, you can find all this stuff at geekscape.net we're on Facebook Twitter Instagram you can find these boys all over that and uh, next week obviously we have Spider-Man himself Yuri Lowenthal talking about the PS4 game and what he's got going on over at uh, I'll be tuning in yeah yeah he's got uh, a new show on Team Alpha which is uh, Geek and Sundry and Nerdist and all that he's got he's got a live action show that is, is actually live and in the chat room you can kind of tell them what to do and it's like a choose your own adventure where you're forcing the actors to do 
live interactive theater, and it's a sci-fi series, and I have to talk to him about that. Sounds crazy. Jonathan, you're a really good interviewer. You've been oh, doing thanks, this for a minute, but <laughs> I, it's cool to talk about different stuff, so thank you for having us. Wait, most podcasters just talk about what? Well, you like how'd you get started? I heard you like Poe. I heard you like video games. What's your favorite Mega Man game? So you didn't even ask me that. Thank no, God. it's fine. So we've actually, I've, I've never really talked about the Christian thing or the gospel thing. No. So I'm talking about the real shit. Geekscape's about the real shit. Me that I've never said in an interview. Geek, so, I want people to equate Geekscape with real shit. Like, oh my God, I got to listen to Geekscape if I'm going to get the people for real. All that other stuff. It's, it's it dressings, matter. man. Yeah, it's it dressing. Matter. And I'm glad that they can get it out elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so thank a lot. thank you for a great interview. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, I'm excited for the show tonight. We're going to rock it. You guys are going to rock oh, it. Oh, we're at Toxic Toast Theater, and they have, there's a, it's a Long Beach venue, and they have a record store, and they have a label. And they put out our last two, my last two albums on vinyl, and they're doing the vinyl pressing of the Dewey Decibel System. So shout out to them. They're like yeah. Andy, and Fa- Andy, a.k.a. Fancy Pants. He's, he put out Adam's Packages, old catalog That's awesome. Vinyl. And uh, he's a great dude. So I just wanted to plug the venue since we're here. And shout out to George Pepe who got me down here. He's getting married today, so he's not at the, hey, the show. But George, George, thank now. you. Thank marriage you. Yeah, and congratulations, Lars. We actually said that on the MC Chris uh, episode. We were like, congrats to Lars. Yeah. That's sweet. Well, shout out to MC Chris. He's he's had our <laughs> back for a minute. And, you know, he's a good guy in the scene. And we, we got a lot of love for him. I do. I owe a whole lot to MC Chris. So I got to say big shout out to him for helping us out. He's on the road right now. If you're mm-hmm. around him, go see him and Lex and Dual Core. Yeah. And then I'll be at that bootleg theater show in L.A., Geekscapists. This is a big love fest, as you guys can tell. But that's what we build Geekscape to do is be a sense of community. And it's fr- pretty cool to hang out with you guys and get a sense of that here. Thanks. Um, we love you guys. Keep subscribing. Let me know again if there's a problem with the feed or if a podcast, if an episode's not showing up, Geekscape. Let's check out some of the other shows on Geekscape, from Horror Movie Night to Geekscape Games to Matt Mania to Podcast. Matt Mania with Megaran. Yo, can I tell a joke I just thought And of? you can totally do that. Why did the horse switch podcasts when he was hungry? Because he had a problem with the feed. Geekscapist. I'm sorry. Don't hate, create. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Horse, that's a wrap. horse food at horse feed. <laughs> Peace. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Check out my Roger Rabbit EP, Notes from Toontown, on Spotify. Peace. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 